in a podcast that began as an excuse to drink beer and talk about movies. Forged in the heart of a dying star, Waxing Cinematic was born to be wielded by the dynamic duo of Jake Allman and John Fouts when they randomly find time to record an episode. Here's the result of one of those times. You will be episode 140, which is kind of a misnomer in that um, we do have more than 140 episodes, but once uh, Jake started doing his own thing, you know, like the essentials and then rose colored podcast, and then every episode that Michelle and I did and the other bonus things, it, none of those counted in that number as far as when we say, you know, waxing cinematic episode 140, but you are 140, oh. which I guess is better than 39 or 41. I feel like that's a special number. Pretty much. I think 237 would be kind of cool because that's a bit of a shining reference. There, right. But you know, I'm, I'm happy to come back for episode 237. <laughs> I'll make a note and maybe in two years <laughs> we'll be there. <laughs> I'm trying to do more because I was waiting on Jake, uh, you know, to try to do more episodes of waxing. And last week, a friend of mine, Robert Creighton, came in and we did lunch. And I said, hey, dude, you want to do a podcast? And so before we did the podcast, he said, well, have you seen my episodes of Wu-Tang, which is a Hulu show, which I, I had not. And I didn't even know he was on there. And <clears throat> usually Robert plays that stereotypical thug guy. Right. And yeah. so sometimes he has a line or two like get in the car, something like that. And um, but he I mean, like he's a character. He will be back in season two of Wu-Tang on Hulu. So pretty cool. So he was in, so we, you know, caught up. So I think I'm just going to continue doing these randomly. I wanted to catch up with you after you had a Mimi production day yesterday, didn't you? I had a very long, well, not necessarily a long day, but I work nights now, mm -hmm. as oh. pretty much everybody knows. Right. So it's, it's four nights on, and it's 11-hour shifts. So I'll start at 8 o'clock in the night, finish at 7 o'clock in the morning, get home by 8 o'clock, sleep till about 2 in the afternoon, and then get up, and then out the door at 6 o'clock. So this is like four <laughs> days every week. But then at the end of those four days, it gives me four four days off so i'm mm -hmm. not back in work till thursday night now so that's the trade-off you have longer days but you get more time off so right and i when i was planning mimi too which has been a bit of a nightmare because every time i was trying to speak to mimi's mother mm -hmm. uh Mrs. mother i'm like right when are you free well we're busy this month busy. so it's been like <laughs> so let me know when you're free oh i'm not free then right well right. let's try it. so we managed to find yesterday free because I was off work, right. or so I thought. So I'd messed it up, and I actually finished work at 7 o'clock yesterday morning, got home at 9 o'clock on Sunday morning because of the Sunday buses, mm -hmm. and then I was out the door at 1 o'clock with no sleep whatsoever uh, filming <laughs> Mimi 2. So last night I was dead. I slept about 11, 12 hours, I think, Yeah, and then woke up this morning. So today I ain't doing anything yeah, i don't blame you man talking and watching episodes of the walking dead right <laughs> that's it i don't know about you but i don't sleep so well these days i don't know why but um every three or four days of not sleeping well then i'm really exhausted and then i'll have a night where i sleep for easily eight to ten hours and i don't even move i just you know wake up the next morning <laughs> so i wish that i could kind of spread that out so that i had you know maybe just eight hours per night that i actually slept well if you're anything like me, it's probably because you've got too much on your mind. Trying yeah. to put your brain into standby <laughs> is not easy nowadays. It, it, and it, I would suspect yep. that you suffer from that problem as well. <laughs> you are correct. And I'm writing the t a TV show now. 
and it's pretty high concept and really out there. And so I will wake up at 3.30. This is pretty much my notorious time where I will wake up and go, wow, wouldn't it be a good idea if this happened in one of the episodes? Or this would be a cool concept to apply. And then I have to reach over, grab my phone, and type it in, and then lay the phone down. Then I'm like, well, damn, now I'm awake. So <laughs> That is why you're not sleeping. You nailed it right there. Yep, too much on the brain. I knew it. That's it. That's it. But it's good creative stuff versus, you know, yeah. like, oh, man. Well, of course, the holidays are upon us. I don't know if you guys do Thanksgiving. Probably not, but... No, we we sort of got Black Friday and Cyber Monday and stuff over here. Right. Because obviously the shops love that stuff. It's like, hey, we could make even more money. But right. we don't do Thanksgiving. <laughs> but we're aware that everybody else, you know, and certainly the U.S. Yeah. does. So, you know, if we're shipping things over there, we go, ah, it's not a delivery. So right. whatever. But. <laughs> to me, Thanksgiving is not about what I think it was originally because I, I have very um, – I'm not a big Christopher Columbus fan, not the uh, – the, the the actor writer but the actual <laughs> you hate home alone <laughs> I do. home alone too maybe but uh <laughs> but i just you know when it comes down to the whole you know like anyway america and all that stuff i, I have some issues with with uh, mr chris but it is a good time to get the family together because everybody does have a bona fide day off and it's very tough to get everybody together and um, same thing on at Christmas. We have Christmas Day and everybody is off work, all the kids. So that's when we have to gather because they can't even get together on Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas uh, because they all work. And thank God for that. That's awesome. I appreciate uh, I, I appreciate my kids being uh, self-sufficient. So it's awesome, but it also sucks. It? It's <laughs> it both. Does. Yeah. Well, yeah. especially when I was working for the TV network, we would um, have, you know, close to two weeks off. So, you know, we'd have the big party at work and bonuses and prizes and all this other stuff and a big dinner. And then um, they would release everybody early and Michelle and I would come home and we were good for, I think it was a week and a half to two weeks before we had to return. And yeah, trying to see everybody who was still working, man, it, it is, um, it, it, it takes a little work. It does. Yeah. So, yes. So I think that's the, the long answer to, yes, I had a premium production day, day yesterday, and it was very long and tiring, but it was great. So that's... one of my questions, because I, I started formulating a list this morning at 3.30 for mm. you. and uh... <laughs> Sleep, God, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> that's it. But, you know, like, this is your, this is Mimi 2, not yes. Mimi 2 Electric Boogaloo, as we try to tag and everything. I may with... call it that. You never know. <laughs> there wasn't really any boogalooing going on, but I could, you know, I could probably work something <laughs> But, you know, so this is your I mean, like you've done documentaries and now you're getting into more, uh, you know, production with actors and locations yeah. and all that, which ups the ante. So did you find yesterday's production day easier than Mimi one? I mean, like, you know, oh God, oh God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. Well, I probably do know why. I think one, there was less crew there yesterday. I mean, there was only. <laughs> Uh, on the first one, there was me, there was Lamissa who plays Mimi, right. there was her actual mum and her actual dad, mm -hmm. and then and Annette was there. So that that was the big crew. Right. That was my Michael Bay level. Right. <laughs> and then uh, yesterday there was just me, Lamissa, and uh, Mimi's mother. So it was three. Right. So it was kind of there was two less people. Right. There was uh, there was only one person who was involved in the story, and that was. 
uh, Lamissa as Mimi, mm-hmm. and also myself. I, I was I was in it as well, <laughs> doing a little bit of acting. So only a really tiny role, but that was kind of cool. Did you just but lock the camera down, and you knew where your mark was? Yeah, it was a case of right when when I was going to be on camera. It was like right uh, Zora, who's Lamissa's mom. I'm like right, right. just make sure it keeps running. <laughs> And he put these headphones on and just make sure the sound comes out right. and it's fine and let me know it's okay. So we sort of alternated right. operating the camera yesterday. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah. I did find it easy. I think when I did the first one, I thought, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing because I've seen other people do it. And I've watched documentaries and I've listened to DVD commentaries. So, that, yeah, this filmmaking lark, it's easy. It's mm-hmm. fine. I've got it all on paper. It's not a problem. And then obviously you know that once you start doing it, you're like, hang on a minute. Oh, the light's different than it was. Right. Or this room's a little bit more. Or I didn't quite do that camera shot the way I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. But then you don't realize half of that until you get home. Right. And you go, mm. <laughs> and then you're really nervous about the footage going, how's it come out? It's all going to be all blurry and horrible. Right. And you look at it and it wasn't. It was kind of cool. <laughs> so, yeah, yesterday was an easier film for me to shoot. Yeah. But I'm still uncomfortable with classing myself as a filmmaker. It still feels <laughs> weird. So what are you shooting with now? I am shooting with, and I don't even know the full specifics of it, but I'm shooting in 4K. It's a Lumix camera Wow! that uh, the wonderful Neil Johnson uh, hooked me up with. So that has been tried and tested. It's been shot on, I think, one of his films. I don't know which film it is, mm-hmm. but he will probably tell me at some point. And it's uh, it's got a lot of the bells and whistles with it. So it's got the, the shoulder mount and, and all this sort of stuff. But I'm making sure I shoot everything in 4K. And if I decide to edit it into 2K or something, then... Mm-hmm at least I've got a bit more to play around with. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. With that, with that much blow up, you can reframe and it just makes everything go so much easier. It does. Yeah. But uh, I'm getting more comfortable. I actually call the camera Neil. That's, oh really? That's what I, <laughs> so, yeah. And Neil knows about that. I told him. So I'm going to, cause I think I tweeted about it saying, here's Neil, the camera rig. And he was laughing his head off, but he hooked me up with it. I'm happy calling it Neil. Right. Right. Does your tripod have a name as well? The tripod, uh, the tripod's got a funny story to it because when Neil hooked me up with the camera, he said, "Have you got a tripod?" I went, "Yep." He said, "Let me have a look at it." Oh. So I took it, took it out of the bag and he looked at it and laughed. He went, "You might want to get yourself another tripod." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so I went out and I bought a, not a stupidly expensive one, but right. more expensive than I would have been comfortable with right. paying for a tripod. It's a bit of metal, isn't it? That's all it is. It just sits on the ground. Why, why would it be that expensive? <laughs> so I've got a massively sturdy tripod, yeah. but I haven't used it yet on any of the Mimi ones because it's all been handheld and, and shoulder-mounted stuff. So I've not – the third one I will probably use the the tripod for because that's in one room. So that will just be pointing at a tripod and right. you know aiming the camera at various different places. But yeah. the tripod's unused yet. So, <laughs> you know. Well, no, to be fair, the tripod was used at, uh, at a film festival where I sat down with Pollyanna McIntosh as well as the Suska sisters. Mm-hmm. So the, the tripod has been used and filmed their interviews, which was great. So Nice. Yeah. And what about um, lighting? Do you just use practical lighting or do you have some, you know, like a run and gun kit? No, I have the most expensive light in the world. It's called the sun. <laughs> because yesterday was an outdoor shoot. It was a daytime shoot. It, you know, I've not used any film sets yet. And luckily that on Mimi 1, when I needed lights, I used uh, desk lamps mm-hmm. because they were in the house and they were meant to be on. And So it's things like that I need to learn. Right. So it's people, I've used this. 
uh, what's that? What is that thing? All oh, right, okay, that'll be invaluable to me at some point then. So it's one <laughs> hell of a learning experience. <laughs> but it's that's the best way to learn, I think, when you, you become that solutions mind. You know, it's yeah. like uh, Robert Rodriguez said in some interview, you know, without the money, you know, like Hollywood has the money hose. They can make anything work. But when you're an independent filmmaker, you have to make what you have work for what you need. And, and that's, to me, that's, uh, it's kind of like back when I was at um, going to uh, graphic art school. And when I went originally before I quit and then decide I need to go back. Um, anyway, it's, we had to draw each font. So when we designed a logo, it wasn't on a computer. We had to draw it on a piece of paper. And so that helped me when I was going to, you know, like if I was in a restaurant and had an idea, then I could sketch out whatever the logo looked like. If, you know, I just would, cause I kept all these things in the back of my head, um, you know, thinking about client needs and stuff like that. So, but, um, yeah, I think the, the more old school you can be, with all your with your thinking, then you become much more solutions minded because some of these people are just so spoiled, like um, a, an acquaintance did a, uh, a short film and he had a full crew uh, and I was just kind of blown away because all my original stuff that I did, it was me and my kids. And, um, you know, they were like, I don't know, 12 and 14 and one was running boom, one was running camera if I wasn't running camera. And yeah, you, you just make it work. So I wouldn't know what to do with a full crew. If somebody knocked on my door and said, I'll give you $200 million to make a film, that would scare the, right. the bejesus out. <laughs> I would rather somebody said, here's £50, right. go make a film. I would much rather be that filmmaker. Right. I remember the first production, I needed a production logo years ago mm -hmm. when I did this little travel film, which I ended up finding and then re-editing it slightly mm -hmm. and putting it on YouTube. So, And I needed a production logo, but I had no idea how to use any software things. So I printed out, my surname and it was Batman 12 productions at that time. I printed it out on clip art mm -hmm. just on a single piece of paper, right. put it in an actual fireplace and then set fire to it <laughs> and let it burn. And I filmed it and then reversed the shot. Right. So it looks like my name is coming from the ashes. And I thought, you know, that's kind of cool right. for, for absolutely nothing whatsoever. So, that, you know, I would rather that than somebody said, right, I'll give you a thousand pounds, go make a production logo. Right. It's like, no, I, w I wouldn't know how to deal with that. Well, and you know, that looks a lot better, I'm sure, than, and I love After Effects. But, you know, a lot of these digital guys, they don't know how to set things on fire or do anything practically. And <laughs> no. um, I remember one time I had to create a 3D model of, I can't remember if it, it was something that had um, burned or whatever. So um, I was down in the basement bathroom with the exhaust fan going on. It was too cold and rainy outside for me to set this piece of wood on fire, but I set it on fire and we didn't have a fireplace. And so, you know, it was, the smoke was going up the exhaust. It was very controlled burn, but yeah, I needed that texture. So then I could photograph it and then apply it to the 3d model. And my client was happy. So I think it was a, uh, an album cover I did. So Nice. Yeah, yeah. A happy client is always a good thing, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, man, that looks real. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, yeah, looks better. Yeah. So uh, when uh, one more question about Mimi, too. Did you mm -hmm. pack all of your gear the night before or before you went to work so that you were ready? Because, I mean, like you say, you don't have a crew to help you get everything yeah. loaded and ready to go. I, I packed it several weeks ago mm -hmm. and then made well i think probably about three weeks ago because i knew yesterday was coming so i packed it right it's already and then the day before i started my recent four night shifts mm -hmm. i went through everything again to make sure and then the night before i was due to uh work the last shift mm -hmm. i moved it all downstairs 
So it was all in the front living room next to the front door, right? Mm-hmm. Now I had a plank of wood there because we were shooting uh, in a, an outdoor place that was slightly not level ground. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, right, well, I don't really want the camera wobbling or whatever because <laughs> right. it, it was on the ground. So I had a plank of wood and Annette was like, what you got a plank of wood for? So I explained it. She's like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, no, I packed it several times. And then some of the equipment I took I didn't need, but I would rather that than be in the middle of nowhere going, oh, I forgot that thing that right. I wasn't sure that I needed. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely packed it all. But it's it's kind of scary. It's, I was thinking about it this morning because I thought John's bound to ask me about Mimi. Right. <laughs> and I think at the minute I've made all the ingredients, but I haven't made the film yet. Right. So it's like, you know, I've, I've made the herbs, I've made the, the, the cheese, I've made the mushrooms. Right. Here's hoping I can actually cook it into something that, people will enjoy savoring so that's that's the stage i'm at at the minute right. people go oh you've made a film i'm like not yet i haven't because a film is not about what you shoot is it right i watched a film the other week and it's got really good actors in it and it's an indie film mm-hmm. and i've been waiting for this thing for years and the editing has messed it up it's killed it <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that's what i'm petrified of right <laughs> but at least you're at the you know you're si- you're sitting in the pilot seat so to speak and um, so at I least am. you can make it. It's not like, you know, one of my other questions on here, because for whatever reason, the big buzz is um, about the Snyder cut of Justice League, which I don't know that we really need that. Oh, we do. <laughs> Any, I, I was watching uh, Batman v Superman right. the, again the other day, the ultimate cut. Right. I still maintain that as one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, yeah. regardless of whatever. Right. But that is a gorgeous looking film it is i mean even, yep. even watching the beginning with the whole pearls and the oh you know, yeah the, oh, oh show no his parents died i didn't know that <laughs> i never knew that, that part of the story arc but there's so many beautiful shots in that thing yeah. so you think well if i can get more of this right i'm, I'm into it i might end up preferring the the joss whedon cup but right. <laughs> i would happily watch a longer zack snyder one right well it's funny i heard this one commentary where um this one YouTuber, and he was commenting that, you know, at this point, we think the Snyder Cut will be phenomenal, right? It's just like an urban legend, right? And so he said yeah. the fear would be for him to release it and it suck. Because right now it's like, man, you know, we didn't sure messed up uh, Justice League. We need the Snyder Cut. But then they were talking about Sony or whoever. I guess this Warner Brothers owns that uh, franchise. And they don't want to look like idiots for hiring Whedon to redirect and, and create all this new footage and all this stuff. So I don't know that we'll ever get it. Although uh, Jason Momoa went over to um, Joss Whedon. I mean, not Joss Whedon's house, but uh, Snyder's house and said it was really good. And all the effects are finished, which is Kind of cool. I mean, like, at least, you know, chunk it out there. We we eventually got the black and white uh, Fury Road, the silver edition we, or whatever. So We also eventually got the Alien special edition. We eventually got the Abyss special edition, which was long rumored. That was never going to come right. out, but it came out. Right. And we also got the Richard Donner Superman 2 version. Right, right. And- which that was the first ever director's cut alternate that i remember being talked about the first one i remember coming out was up to alien special edition but right you know for years it was like there was this alternate richard donner cut <laughs> and will it, will it ever come out and that came out unfinished it yeah it did and i i have it on blu-ray but before that i had it on bootleg dvd a friend of mine from la said dude you've got to check this out and you know it's when you're watching it, it's not a smooth ride, you know, because it'll go yeah. from film to VHS to whatever, jumping back and forth, you know, from 16 by nine to three by four and stuff like that. So 
Uh, but it's, it's still a fun ride. It's good to see what his original vision was. I think we will get the, Zyder, the Zack Snyder Cup. Yeah. I think it'll happen. Because if it comes out and it's terrible, you know, you look at the reasons why he stepped away from right. the film because of his family problems and stuff. Would people really go, that sucks? Well, <laughs> do you know what? This, this is why we released the other one. You guys were asking for it if you didn't like. So if they release it and it's better, right. then I suppose that is a danger, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so why did you not release that one? Yep. So that's, yeah, yeah who knows? But I think we'll get it one day, yeah. I hope. That'll be interesting. Have you watched yep. uh, any of Watchmen on HBO? No, because I've heard, I've, I've seen the film right. in various different versions, and I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Right. But I, I think, again, I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything that Zack Snyder's done. <laughs> and I've heard that with a series, if you don't really know that much about The Watchmen, you're going to struggle following it. I don't know whether that's true or not, uh, Well, that's what I've heard. I, that I, I don't know, because I saw both versions of the movie and I read the graphic novel. So I guess I am one of those insiders. But then again, there's so much relevant stuff to what is going on in America right now. that and So I, I know as much as the world talks about America and all their dysfunctions, I think everybody around the world would probably watch Watchmen and go, yeah, man, it's all about America current day. So, yeah. So I, I don't think you'd be lost. That and then you could always, um, after you watch each episode, you could... Uh, go to, uh, what is it? I can't remember the guy's YouTube channel, but anyway, he does an excellent job of breaking down all the Easter eggs and the inside stuff. And this is what's happening. But it's, to me, it's, it, it keeps it going every, you know, week. Uh, so I don't know, I guess I need to find somebody who hasn't seen the movie and is unfamiliar with the graphic novel to get that expert opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, uh, but there's, there's actually three versions. Really? I believe. I think there's a director, there's a theatrical one, mm -hmm. then there is a three-hour, five-minute version, and then there's something that's well over 200 minutes. <laughs> I've seen the one that's well over, like the Ultimate Cut, I think they call that one. Right. That's the one I've seen. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, so many different versions of the same film. Yeah. I plan to put out one of mine. <laughs> I don't really... Although, who knows? I'm still pondering going back doing a super long version of the Comic-Con thing. Right. Because I've got so much footage in that. But that damn thing would be like six, seven hours right. long. So that's quite <laughs> painful. Hey, so what's the distribution plan for Mimi? Or are you going to shoot the third one and you're going to be like M. Night uh, Shyamalan or however you pronounce his last name. And that'll be your three-act structure and that'll be your feature film. And I don't know is the, is the question. It was, originally, <laughs> it was going to be three short films. Right. My brain is telling me maybe once I've shot all three, somehow turn it into one film. Mm -hmm. I was chatting to Lamissa's mom yesterday, and I said, here's my – because she was on about the poster for the second one, because I already had a poster done for the first mm -hmm. one. And she said, oh, I can't wait to see the poster for number two. I said, well, the poster for one kind of counts. <laughs> you, could, you could get away with it for all three of them if you wanted oh, to. Oh, yeah. There's no, number, there's no number on it. Right. And um, – she said, oh, no, three short films would work better. So I'm kind of, I don't know what I'm doing at the minute, but I'll, I will shoot all three and then jump into the editing bay and see what comes out. Right. So I'll probably end up doing multiple different versions and then sit down and go, right, which one right. works better? Uh, Distribution-wise, if they're good enough, I may put them around a few film festivals and you know, not necessarily all three of them, but if there's one of them that really shines... Mm -hmm. 
above the rest, then uh, I'm definitely, I'd love to see my film on the big screen. Yeah. Even just once before people throw eggs at me and <laughs> chase me out of the building. And then I just run back to being a publicist. <laughs> so. It is great. I, I, I hope that for you, because to see any movie, anything that you've created on the huge screen in surround sound, that's that's pretty impressive. Yep. It's terrifying, so admit, but impressive. I've been terrified. I can agree with. I'm terrified at the minute because I've, you know, there's this people who make proper films. Yeah, that are, that are aware that I'm doing one. It's just like the fact that they'll watch it. It's like that freaks me <laughs> out. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's nice. I think some people are humble enough to remember their roots, and therefore they can watch somebody's, um, you know, early works and they applaud it. And then other people have lost all connection with reality and they're just like anything less than Spielberg is just crap. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it, it, for me, this is also interesting because I get a little glimpse of what it's like to make a film mm-hmm. on a smaller scale. Right. But it's it's kind of cool. So you got edited sound mixing and poster design and, you know, even poster design was a headache. Yeah. Or sourcing props was a headache because <laughs> I had somebody who was, yep, I'll make a prop for you. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> they they never made it right. so I had to find an alternate place to get a prop which I did and that was used yesterday and it was it was a single prop for use in that film that I would never ever use again so I gave it to them I'm like here you go <laughs> you can you can hold that one right. so they've now happily run off with it and they'll keep it if I do need to reshoot then they'll bring it back again yeah. so. I remember one of the the first gigantic short film that I shot um, and everybody had their own wardrobe, which is sketchy, other than the main character who I had this long um, black leather jacket that he wore. So I kept that. But um, but it was one of those things where everybody was supposed to keep up with their own stuff. And this one girl, I said, all right, we're going to have to, you know, add this. I can't remember, reshoot a scene or add it. And I said, I, I you need you to come over and let's knock this out. So she said, sure. So she shows up in something radically different than she was in before. And I was like, where is, you know, like I told you to keep up with your clothes. She's like, oh, I got something on. I threw it away. What? So no. yeah, <laughs> she went and pulled it out of the trash. So luckily we caught it just in time and her garbage evidently sits around for a while, but yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> That's scary stuff. Isn't yeah. It? Because it was some, it was a um, kind of an ornate pattern in a sweater. So it wasn't like a black t-shirt, like uh, the main character wore. So, I mean, it, it didn't really matter. No one was going to catch on to, you know, hey, that's that's not Fruit Loom. That's Hanes, man. What are you trying to push? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and people will catch on. It's like you see some people going, look at that watch. It's three minutes different than the previous scene. It's like, why are you looking at stuff like that? I don't But you know what? And oh. I try not to pay attention to, you know, clocks and stuff in the background because I'm one of those people. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. It's, it's only been five minutes, but yet they've spent a day in the desert what the hell but um there's this one show called oh gosh um new amsterdam and i think it's abc i don't know if you've seen it or but it's they have this fascination with time lapse and so they had this one thing where the doctor was supposed to show up for his chemo treatment and the the whatever the other doctor the cancer doc was waiting on him right and so you saw them pacing and pacing and the clock never changed and I was like, wait a minute. So she's the Flash? She has superpowers? I'm not understanding this. And then different people who were sitting out there, they would move. So they were also had the Speed Force thing going on. So 
Yeah. But then there is the, the other, I think it was last week's episode. There's a girl who is recovering from being a uh, dope fiend. She's a doctor. And um, so anyway, she goes in for the surgery and she's trying not to take drugs. And so she is waiting on the hour to be up so she can have one more oxy or whatever it is. In the meantime, the other group that went to the prison, it's been all day, including a prison riot. And then we jump back to her in her room and it's like almost noon. And I was like, what? what? I don't even understand that at all. I mean, whatever. I'm sure Michelle would have just you know rolled with it. But for me... Questions, man. Questions. <laughs> I am so paranoid about continuity as well. Yeah. It's something I, in the first film where it was set inside a house. I made sure that there was nothing that could be seen on camera that wasn't, you know, didn't fit in with that. <laughs> uh, yesterday, because the film set a few years ago, not a lot of years ago, but you know, five years ago, whatever. I made sure that no number plates were shown yesterday. Right. No number plates at all. No, no cell phones. Nothing. <laughs> See, keep it all out the way. Right. So I'm so my benchmark is Stuart Miller from the Monday Movie Show and, and my show. Right. I, if he can watch it and not find any continuity thing, I'll I'll be quite happy because <laughs> he's the one person out of anybody I would rather, uh, you know. Stu Miller didn't watch it because he will destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm quite nervous about him watching it. But, you know, I mean, for the longest time, I guess ever since I was a kid, I remember catching those continuity errors in movies. And they used to be so much more, uh, you know, rampant in movies. And I guess now with the digital error, you could try to remove stuff or, you know, correct things in post. But back when everything was on film and it's like, nah, it's not worth it. He'll just eat. He'll take a bite out of that new apple twice. And <laughs> I'm all ready for it though. When when people start watching the film, and if anybody goes, don't like it, this that just more right. that doesn't work. My my response will be, I've never made a film before. Come right. on, <laughs> shut up. That's it. I've already thought of what I'm going to say. Right. People go, I don't like it, but that's just my lack of confidence in pretty much anything I do. <laughs> I know the stuff that I do is pretty good. I just don't think anybody else will think it's right. Good. Right. Well, you just so, need to adopt know. that Eddie Van Halen mindset where. Um, you create art for you to enjoy, and if everybody else enjoys it, fine. Otherwise, well, it doesn't really matter. I think George Lucas said something similar, and I'm not sure who said it first, but it really doesn't matter. It's a, it's a good mindset. You create it for you, and if you're happy, then rock on, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, sorry, I think the George Lucas quote you're after is McClunky, isn't it? Apparently, <laughs> this is the big man, which I can't even watch the Mandalorian until next March because we don't get Disney Plus till then. It's awful. How did that happen? It sucks. It's because Disney Plus suck. <laughs> That's why. March the 31st. So all I've got to listen to, the amount of times I've run for my iPod this week because I'm like, well, I guess everybody's probably seen the first three episodes, so we're going to go into spoilers. Right. No, don't do it. There's no way I'm going to be able to avoid spoilers till March the 31st right. next year, but I'm giving it a go. Right. I'm really going to try, but uh, I did watch the 197-minute trailer for Disney Plus. I don't know if you've watched that. <laughs> no. It's true. That's actually how long the trailer is. Well. Really? I was yeah. I was listening to an open forum radio podcast, and they were talking about it a few weeks back. Right. There's a trailer out, like three and a half hours. I'm like, that's a, there's no way it's a three and a half hour trailer. That's funny. <laughs> so I looked on YouTube, put Disney Plus trailer. It's 197 minutes long. So I thought, right, I'm watching this sucker, <laughs> and I did. I watched it all in one go. I think I started about nine o'clock. I think finished about twenty past twelve, <laughs> and uh, and it was like, you still watching that trailer? I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it was a 10-second clip of every single film 
or show that they had on. Wow. And there's no dialogue, it's just music, but it was, <laughs> feel sorry for that editor. <laughs> it's officially the longest trailer I've ever seen, three hours, 20 Did minutes. Did it get sloppier near the end? Like the guy was ready to take a break. He was ready to finish that and move on to some other job. So it was like, ah, just any 10 seconds will do. Throw it in there. Oh, no, because he had, he had uh, like Avengers and uh, Mandalorian and stuff like that at the end. So I right. bet he was just racing for that. <laughs> but it was so interesting because it went from the early animated Disney things yeah. and then it went through that 20, 30 year period where every Disney film had an animal in it or a little <laughs> ginger haired kid. Right. Every There was a whole cluster of them. So you, you actually got a a time and then it hit the high school musical Hannah Montana years right. which that was quite painful to watch because you're like just shut up <laughs> it's like who's that that's Lindsay Lohan that's weird you know this <laughs> how young does she look that's very strange but it's an interesting trailer for a timeline yeah well I'll have to check it out I was impressed with uh Disney plus um I'm I evidently somehow got on some sort of legacy whatever and so mine is just annual and it's uh, cheaper than the monthly. And so I was excited. And, um, you know, on, on launch day, of course, they were having some issues, which didn't stop you yeah. from watching anything. It was just the homepage would say error. So as long as you clicked on, I want to go to Marvel Land or Disney or whatever, then all the content was there. And Michelle and I were like little kids at Christmas. We were sitting there and we had hamburgers that night and we were just flipping through watching just a little whatever. I mean, you know, and so many little short films and stuff that I remember watching. Uh, what was it? Wonderful World of Disney every Sunday night at seven o'clock. And so, you know, a lot of things I haven't seen since I was a little kid. And then all the Pixar shorts and, you know, everything that would start any of the Pixar movies. I, I don't understand why we don't have uh, Toy Story 4. I guess they're making money from it elsewhere. But Yeah, there's a lot because I was watching the trailer and there was, a, there was quite a few films absent. Mm -hmm. I think Solo's not on there yet. Uh, I don't think Last Jedi's on it because they are licensed to somewhere else. Right. So I think what you'll find is similar to the ones you just mentioned. Once the licenses expire wherever they are, mm -hmm. they will then drop on to uh, to disney plus but yeah. you've got nice 4k versions of the the star wars movies on there yeah. if you've not checked oh, those out yeah. including the famous mcclunky scene which <laughs> george has been tinkering with greedo again but. <laughs> no but i was the first thing i watched on disney plus was empire strikes back and when they had the dude oh i can't remember something willow or whatever it's the dude running with the ice cream maker and there's an Easter egg whenever you can watch The Mandalorian, where John Favreau includes that. So it's it, nice. John Favreau leaves no stone unturned. I think it is his love letter to uh, George Lucas, to Steven Spielberg, just all those movies from the '80s. But it's fun. I'm looking forward to watching it next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, if Disney Plus aren't finished going, ha ha ha, you got to wait. Right. Next March, they will be putting it on week to week. So they won't even dump the whole lot on for us. Oh. But you guys will have seen it for six months. <laughs> like, I don't know what the UK did to annoy Disney, but <laughs> don't know we're either. sorry. Did you not Please support, uh, didn't you guys have a Euro Disney or something? Yeah. Was that not well, supported? Well, is it, did it close down? And they're like, well, then that's no, it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's very strange. <laughs> but I think the people in the Philippines are experiencing similar difficulties. And, you know, now by next year, are you talking 12 months away or just January, February? No, it's March the 31st weekend. Gotcha. So it's part way through the year. So probably about like three, well, four months yeah. into the new year. So it's far enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
but Mandalorian will be ruined by them. But I don't care. <laughs> it's awesome, and I, it's it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah, it's one of those things where I would re- now I'm wanting to get a 3D printer so I can 3D print the Mandalorian helmet and absolutely just pimp it out and hang it on my wall. So. Yeah, it's one of those things. How's the geek wall coming along? Uh, it, slowly but surely. It? I mean, you know, uh, you know that your your Blade Runner poster was the first thing hanging on the wall, and now I'm kind of rethinking. Luckily, I'm putting things on the wall slowly, but I have so many masks. Like I have Ant Man, Iron Man, and Deadpool, and so I'm trying to think where I'm going to put those. Versus, I have uh, Star Lord's mask and the pistol. So I was thinking maybe put that around the poster, but I have limited real estate down here with all the windows, which yes, windows are great, but then there's extra doors that I'm working around. So yeah, putting a little more thought into it and um, trying to, it's, I actually have a Han Solo pistol that's t- solid metal and working parts and all that kind of thing. And so I don't want to just put it on pegs on the wall because it it's heavy. It's about Desert Eagle heavy. And so, wow. yeah, so I've, I'm going to, I've come up with like a plaque idea with these little pegs that I'll, um, I'll put that together. So that was probably the long answer to that short question, but yes, slowly, but surely bit by bit. So my latest <laughs> additions are the signed posters that I got from Grimfest or so Soska sisters, Pollyanna McIntosh. Right. And also uh, Pollyanna sat down, we're, we're due to do an interview which we did, yeah. and she sat there and she went, oh, I've got your bottle of water. Right? You do realize I'm taking it home and putting it on my geek collection. So I have a, a bottle of water that she gave me. She gave me a present, oh, that is so I'm all right cool. with that. So that's, She's, I've kept she it. seems like a very nice person. Uh, yeah. She was she was amazing. Because yeah. her and I have spoke over the years on Twitter, mm-hmm. and she was on the, the horror podcast with me years ago. You know, right. So we sort of, we've chatted on and off, but I've never actually met right. her. Right. So it was uh, really nice for her to, you know, sit down and she's like, oh, my God, I think her first lines were, it's amazing we're now meeting. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Rather than, and you are, right. who are you? Like, she remembered me, so I was kind of cool yeah. with that. But no, she was super nice. Very good, man. So that was, so that when, was fun. So that does my latest editions. Yeah. Now, have you released that podcast yet, the interview? Yeah, it's on YouTube, which I need to start pimping my YouTube channel out a little bit more, I think, Yeah, which is uh, the page to screen one. So you just search for that. That's me. But the Pollyanna McIntosh one is on there. The Jen and Sylvia Soska one is on there. So, yeah. I guess I was waiting at it, you know, like I was looking at some of the titles on the uh, podcast. So I'll go to the YouTube and check that out and then try to evangelize that a little bit for you. I mean, I am going to put them out as audio. Right. Because I'm now, I really want episode 500 to be the first episode of next year. Right. Just because it would be a nice fit. And I've done 491 episodes so far. So it's possible. <laughs> I, right. I will make damn sure that I hit 500 by the beginning of the year. Right. And 500 have decided I couldn't work out what to do. Because a lot of podcasters hit a, a round number and they go, I'm going to do something special. Right. And I thought, well, I don't really want one guest on because then why are they more special than everybody right, else? Right, right. So number 500 which you'll be aware of is i'm doing a solo show mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because i'm pretty much the only common denominator on <laughs> all 500 episodes i think other than one or two i've been on every single one and the ones i wasn't on harold the pink big pimping himself right. he did them way way back he did a couple of interviews and stuff and then sent them over but pretty much for all 500 i've been on but i am accumulating a list of questions from all walks of the industry 
and I'm going to go through all the questions and all my answers and stuff on that episode 500. Nice. So that's my plan for that one. That's awesome. Which, by the way, mm. when somewhere in the podcast with Robert Creighton, I said something about, yeah, my friend Stuart, who has a podcast, and he's over in England. And Rob was like, dude, why have you not had me on that show? So anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, get him on. <laughs> hook, hook us up. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> it's fun, though, isn't it? Do you not find... Because I mean, you've guested on on my show yeah. and, and other people's shows and stuff. It's it's so much more relaxing guesting on somebody else's show, isn't it? Because you just show up, yeah. you talk, and you go, oh, "I've done that." <laughs> right. Let them do the editing and the releasing and all that sort of stuff. So it's it, for me, it's a nice breath breath of fresh air to to jump on somebody else's oh, show. Oh, definitely. Nice and I've taken like your it. cue as far as you know, trying my best not to you know have to do much editing, if any. Um, other than just remembering when to start, because sometimes, uh, you know, I'll do a little pre-show banter or whatever, and we're just catching up, right? And um, there was one time where I forget what I said, but it was something that shouldn't have ever made it on the podcast. So <laughs> so then I make sure, okay, I write it on my notes. It's like, okay, you know, five minutes in, you can start the podcast. But, um, yep. but yeah, then it was uh, the other day when Rob and I went out to eat lunch and we both, uh, we sat there for probably an hour and a half, just kind of catching up and enjoying the food. And then, um, you know, the whole time we're just, you know, I'm drinking unsweet tea. I forget what he was drinking, but I mean, glass after glass after glass. And that's never good to do before a podcast. So, <laughs> no, it's not. No. <laughs> so here we were, I guess, probably 30 minutes in and all of a sudden Rob goes, carry the show and gives me this high five. Like I'm, he's tagging me into the ring and he darts off and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to make a note. I'm just going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's easier. Isn't oh it? yeah. Bob does that. Bob will type me a Skype message and he'll be like, back in a minute. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So anyway, uh, let me think what I've watched. Um, well, I've watched this this week and then Bob will be like, back now. I'm like, so what if you watch Bob? Cause I'll just, uh, the only edited I do, I'll put the sound t- the titles on the beginning right. and the end, and I will run it through a sound level later. Right. And then maybe clip off the little Skype music bit at the beginning, but that's it. <laughs> right. Because it's, you know, I'm not trying to be CNN or right. you know, Entertainment Weekly or something. This is just, it's friends getting together, having a chat about stuff. So once I put the headset on, I make sure that everything I'll say, it, you know, none of it is like, oops, shouldn't really have said that. <laughs> I'll get into trouble. <laughs> What's well, like the podcast that I recorded with uh, Nicola on Friday? I said, yeah, you know, next week is Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh, crap, this isn't coming out until next week. So I made a note and then I said, so this week we're having Thanksgiving. So, yeah, there's little bitty snips are nice to be able to go in there and edit out and, and do. But, yeah, I, I would much rather just like the old days with Jake, where unless he just went on a Trump rant, then it would just fly. It wouldn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really want when Terminator Dark Fate came out, I really wanted to go, what did Jake think? And I think he was okay with it, judging from his tweets. I think he enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, I caught up with a couple other people who, and they were more Sarah Connor fans from the aspect of, wow, she was in shape in Terminator 2. You know what I mean? So they were like, wow, she is really old, but in shape. So, you know, I mean, like, it seemed like everybody enjoyed it. Michelle and I didn't get to go see that. And everybody's been telling us to go see the Joker. We haven't had a chance to see that either. I know. I'm the, I'm the same. I really want to watch Joker. And I know I'm going to like it, but I, just, I haven't had the time. Yeah. And it's, it's, we'll we'll see. (laughs) That's right. And, uh, you know, it'll probably be on Disney Plus coming right up, right? 
Uh, well, <laughs> maybe maybe for you. <laughs> if, if, if I'm going to wait for Disney Plus for it to, uh, to air, it'll probably be next summer. But you know, it's I don't know if you ever watched the show Preacher. It's kind of a crazy yeah. comic book kind of thing. And um, Seth Rogen is one of the producers, and he does like to push the limits, and it's hilarious. So, um, and definitely not for all audiences, but if you like Deadpool, why not check out Preacher? But anyway, but I was waiting and waiting and waiting on, I think it was season two or three to come out. And finally, I, I was like, man, it's it showed, you know, it was broadcast like a year ago, and I typed it in. It said, uh, we don't know when that's going to show up in America, but UK audiences have been enjoying it. And I'm like, that doesn't help me a bit. That doesn't help you at all, does it? So, so basically, I could have watched it, but I chose not to. But you can't watch it and you want to. That's, that's right. That's quite mean-spirited, isn't it? Well, I remember on the old show when you and I used to discuss video games. And, it, you know, I can't remember. I think there are multiple games that you guys had like a month before we got them in the States. And I couldn't understand that either, you know? Why not just just universal? We're not going to have the characters doing a pro, like a promo tour. This isn't a movie. Just give me the game. Nope. <laughs> yep, I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this thought yesterday so, yep. that maybe Waxing Cinematic needed an Instagram. Why I didn't do that before now, mm. I have no idea. Because Jake yep. and I have been doing Waxing Cinematic since 2014, and I guarantee you Instagram has been out way before then. So... I was the same. I got on board the Instagram thing very, very late mm -hmm. because I thought I don't need one of those, right. but it's fun. It's not something you have to update constantly, right? but you just do it now and again. You put your link in there and you can say, it's very easy to go picture, right. share, done. <laughs> That's my work done. Yeah. No editing, nothing. So I would definitely wax in cinematic Instagram yeah, page. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure that I, I can't remember if I followed you yet or not, but I will. I think so. Yeah. 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 That was all last night. It was just like, I don't know that, 8.30 or whatever, I'm like, you know what? I need to do this now. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm going to post Robert's uh, podcast today, like this morning after you and I are, are done with our conversation. And maybe I wanted to be sure there was a place for it to land on Instagram. So, Yeah, no, I'd definitely say yes. Yeah. But it's funny. I mean, like Twitter was always my favorite. And Vanell used to make fun of me saying, yeah, Twitter's dead. And I'm like, Twitter's not no, dead. No, it's not far from it. My Twitter's <laughs> not dead anyway. I don't think anybody else's no. is. But... And that's where the best community is for me because I get more interaction on Twitter. I mean, Instagram's fine. And my Instagram followers are growing. But I mean, it's I'll just post random weird pictures or pictures of my dogs. And my dogs look weird. So, you know. <laughs> I think to me, Facebook's dead. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, and I don't know a lot of people use that one, yeah. but I've, I've still got Messenger on my phone, mm -hmm. but I haven't got the actual Facebook app on my phone yeah. because I found I was using my uh, phone way too much. So I ended up with like uh, repetitive strain mm -hmm. in the arms, sore muscles. And uh, the weird thing that I've done over the year, which is just mind blowing, which I'll, I'll take up like five minutes with this story <laughs> is since last September, not the September just passed, mm -hmm. but the previous one. I've, I was really, really ill with one thing. We, Bob Rob from Sci-Fi Wales and I call it the monkey virus because mm -hmm. that's probably where it came some sort of weird, in the middle of nowhere, this virus just popped up and hammered me to the point I thought, right, I'm going to be, you know, Clive Dudson within a week. I was very, very ill, went to the doctors. They did blood tests. They're clear, right? I went back again a few weeks after going, like, seriously, there is something <laughs> wrong with me. I don't know what it is. They ran more blood tests. They did chest x-rays. It's all fine. So I'm like, 
would seriously something is not right because I, I feel like I'm just going to collapse all the time. This is really, really mm-hmm. weird. My arms were killing me. My my chest muscles, not like heart attack chest muscles, right. but mus- muscle muscles were aching. And I'm like, seriously, something's wrong. This went on for well over a year did this i could not work out what it was and i got my glasses prescription changed that sorted a little bit of it out but it was still there so i'm like right there's definitely something going on here. it was driving me up the wall and it some of it turned out to be rsi wow but then even as late as a couple of months ago i was still feeling very achy on the muscles mm-hmm. so i think right well maybe i'm tired because i'm on nights and maybe that's doing something blah 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 and then i changed my diet and it's all cleared up. Oh. It's weird. It's weird. We were watching, uh, I got a screener sent through for a documentary called The Game Changers, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you're familiar with that no. one. It's produced by Schwarzenegger, James Cameron, and blah, blah, blah. And this PR company messaged me and said, oh, um, and they very rarely do this, going, can you review this one, please? Because not really that many people have been interested in it. <laughs> Normally, they go, would you like to watch this film? And you go, yes, please. And they send you a link right. and you watch it and you review it. But this this guy was very much please, please do it. Because I'm like, do you know what? I've, they've sent me enough films that I will take some time out to watch whatever this thing is. And I put the documentary on, and within two minutes, I'm like, oh, God, it's going to bore me. <laughs> because it was the documentary about the benefits of not eating meat. Right. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, this is not for me, this documentary. But, you know, I've watched some crap in my life, so I'll watch it. <laughs> and it was one of the most fascinating documentaries I've ever seen. It was really, really interesting. It breaks down the whole science of this is what you get from eating, so we get from that. Blah, blah, blah. And then I had a you know pepperoni pizza, <laughs> so it didn't make any didn't make any change whatsoever. Right. <laughs> but then a few weeks ago, Annette went to the doctors and had her yearly tests and stuff. And the doctor said, "Well, you know, it might be worth changing diet just to clear up a few things." Blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah. So I sat down when I said, "Well, tell you what," I said, "This documentary, just watch it." It's very interesting. It's not going to make you throw out your steaks, but just watch it. So we'll give it a go. So we sat down and she watched it. And by the end, she's like, my God, that was the most fascinating documentary <laughs> I've ever seen. I'm like, isn't it? I said, but, you know, we both like meat. So this is crazy. Yeah. And she said, you know what? I might try it and just see if we can do it. I said, well, oh, all right. <laughs> Good luck with that. I said, well, tell you what. And this was the 31st of October. I said, tell you what. I said, it's November tomorrow. So let's try it for a week. Let's just see how we can, how long we can <laughs> right. last on this thing, and we've still done it. We've and all the health things for me is cleared up. We feel like we've got more energy, yeah. and she's feeling a lot better. It's the weirdest thing ever, and I would never ever. She classes herself as a vegetarian now. I'm not quite at that stage. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, if I decide to have a hamburger one day, I'm having it. Right. But uh, yeah, I, so yeah, that's cleared up a lot of the health issues I had. But I was very poorly for well over a year which uh, I talked about on many of the podcasts. It's like this monkey virus has come back, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Still never found out what it was. Wow. To this day, I haven't a clue. I think it was just lots of little different things. Not enough rest, too much uh, you know, tablet use right. or, or phone use or whatever and all that type of stuff. So but yeah, That's I'm, interesting because Michelle is Weird. changing her diet now as well. And, um, you know, and she's trying to talk me into it. And it's not it's not bad. I mean, you know, it's just different. And I, I what type, what type of diet change? Um, again, less meat, that kind of thing, and going more um, all natural. I mean, there's so many 
pesticides and all the green stuff that we eat. And then there's different, um, you know, the antibiotics and all these other testosterone and stuff that's in everything from chicken to pork to beef. And so cutting down on meat to kind of cut some of that out and watching where certain things come from. But I guess more or less just kind of having a more refined diet. But I would recommend try. I never thought I would be that sort of person. I, even listening to me saying it, I'm annoying myself because we've all heard people go, "Oh, you shouldn't do that because it's bad for you." Right. But so I thought I'll try it for a week, and then I'm sure it it will work. Yeah. But I think it was part way into it, and then it was like, "How are you doing with this diet thing?" I said, "Well, I'm doing all right." I said, "Buck, I don't half miss pizzas." <laughs> she went, "You can still eat pizzas." I'm like, well, "Not really." She went, "Just get a cheese and tomato one." I'm like, "Ooh." <laughs> So I can. So I do, I'm still eating lots of pizzas, quiches, right. chips, you know, all this sort of yeah. stuff, and uh, you know, cheese and onion pies rather than meat right. pies. But it, it did make a hell of a difference. Oh yeah, weird. Well, you know, and quiches are awesome. I know, you know, there were what ten years ago. You know, it's that's not a manly breakfast, but it is, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, when you can have a slice of quiche. Or Michelle makes these quiches that are in. They look almost like a a big kind of cupcake kind of thing but it's yeah. um it has the crust in there and then you just pull it out and you just i mean like talk about great breakfast on the go or if i just don't have time to cook for myself in the mornings and yeah man quiches have everything you need so i love them and you can eat them hot you can eat them cold right. you can cover them in ketchup <laughs> you can mash them all up so then it doesn't really look like a quiche right so I've, I've, you know cheese sandwiches i'm living on quiches and pizzas and all right. sorts so I, I genuinely i did have a mishap with a sausage roll yeah uh part way through november which that's like the only time i broke it right but, we were at work and it was probably about one o'clock in the morning and somebody had brought in loads of sausage rolls because mm-hmm. they're I think their boyfriend works at a bakery or something. So she sort of said, oh, does anybody want a sausage roll? I'm like, well, I know where they're from because it's a certain shop that they're from. They went, yeah, yeah, I love one. And it, and it's great. <laughs> it's nice and whatnot. And then the day after, because Annette was off work that day, we work in the same building, but she had a day off. So I'd mentioned it and I said, oh, you know, Morgan from work, she brought some sausage rolls in. This is really nice. And she looked at me and I just went, oh, crap. <laughs> I, had, I hadn't even realized that I'd eaten it. I mean, obviously, I'd known I'd eaten a sausage roll, but at the time, I did not even <laughs> think, no, that's me. I just ate it. And it was 24 hours after that I realized, uh oh. <laughs> so, so, other than that, I have, uh, I've done really well, yeah. but it does make a big difference. It's worth trying. Yeah. And it'll either work for you or it won't, yeah. but the health benefits I'm feeling. I'm down with that. I'm I'm good with that. Don't ask me to go on gluten free. That's something that no, uh, no, 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 yeah, no. but I'm, uh, I still have proper proper milk. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I still eat chocolate by the buckload by, by the bucket load, <laughs> and so the only thing I have changed is meat or uh, gluten, soya milk or whatever. No thanks. Right. I'm, I'm <laughs> Do you remember that scene from Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where the vegan police I, show up? I didn't see it. I started watching Scott Pilgrim, and for some reason, I just couldn't quite get into yeah. it. And I know it's an amazing film, but I need, probably need to go back and rewatch. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. No, I always good. thought that um, the oh, I can't remember who directed that. Um, same guy. Um, uh, Edgar, yes, Edgar yeah. Wright. I always thought yeah. he would be perfect for any of the Deadpool movies when they had the kind of you know the mix up or whatever, and you know like who was going to direct the second one. I always thought, man, just go to Edgar because he makes me laugh consistently. And I just thought, especially with the Scott Pilgrim versus the world, with um, the way they used graphics and things were popping out of this and that. And anyway, but yeah, definitely you should go back and catch it since you haven't seen it. 
He nearly did Ant Man, didn't he? The first one. I think he did. He yeah, it's yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I don't know. Maybe Paul Rudd just wanted to write the whole thing. Who knows? Because I think he it was <laughs> a, he really infused himself into the script and into the whole movie. So he's one of those people that really just more or less plays himself. I haven't seen the new TV show he's done for Netflix where. Um, you know, he's <laughs> full of anger and angst and he goes to some sort of Zen clinic and then, um, suddenly he's all better and everything. Life is great. He's not depressed. He's happy and everybody loves him. And then he wakes up, he's been buried. So they cloned him and somehow yep. took all the, you know, like put all the, the good stuff in him and to, and anyway, so then it's, it's almost like, what was the Michael Keaton, uh, movie? Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Great film. <laughs> Apparently, the Paul Rudd series is really funny, though. But yeah. uh, I've not seen it either. Yeah. Too much stuff to watch. It really is. And then I bring much. up Disney Plus again, but I won't. That's That would be cold. But yeah, there is just so much. And then, you know, it's it's weird how I don't really get warm and fuzzy over Facebook. Um, I do use it, and friends do connect with me through there. And, we're, you know, like for school and, and, you know, I don't know. People from my past, they can find me and, you know, catch up, which is nice. But... I'd still, I just feel like it's very intrusive and I feel like they, they sell too much of our information. Well, then they do this yeah, Facebook do. watch and here's Jessica Biel's Limetown series and it's really good, but I feel guilty every time I watch it because it says Facebook watch. I'm just like, I don't know that I, I trust Facebook. I feel like I've let the enemy oh. into my home and now I'm just sitting there watching, you know, this TV series. It's the same with Amazon, isn't it? They're yeah. very intrusive with the whole, hey, look, you can get a Google Alexa in your right. house. You're like, no, because it listens to me. And when I'm having a conversation, <laughs> it, next thing, when I go on my computer that wasn't on at the time, it brings up something I was talking about. I know that's happened to people. <laughs> it, that's kind of weird. Has. I don't like it. Well, that, and I don't like yeah. it when, you know, I had to order some uh, another mic cable. And so I did that through Amazon. And then I think it was this morning or yesterday, I pulled up my Instagram and then one of the paid things was, Hey, you can get more audio stuff from Amazon. I'm like, you people, yep. it's just, yeah, you guys are shaking hands and trading my info way too often. Without your permission. Yeah. As, as far as, yeah, it's, it's not bad, but we have, uh, you've got Disney plus we've got BritBox. I don't know if you've got that streaming service. Over no, there. is it any good? That's very good. Yeah. It is. It has got all the, the BBC miniseries and TV programs, as well as all the ITV, which is another channel over right. here, from decades ago. <laughs> so it's got all your, your faulty towers and all your only fools and horses and all these three-part miniseries things mm -hmm. that we've talked about often on shows. Yeah. So Annette said, oh, I'm going to sign up for that. So, well, you can sign up for that if you want. You can pay the £5.99. <laughs> so she did, and she's loving it. So she's hammering through that. So the minute we've got Amazon, Netflix, mm -hmm. Shudder, which I've got a subscription right. to, which is pretty much like a horror Netflix, which that is really, really yeah. good because they had the new Creep Show on there, which was great. There's like six episodes of that. So it's just too much stuff to watch. It is. So I don't need yep. any more streaming services. <laughs> yep. And then um, the Man in the High Castle, that final season is on. And, you know, when they drop, all of them so you could binge watch it. And when Michelle and I don't have enough time to eat, you know, cause that's when they used to drop the Marvel shows on Netflix, then we would just, you know, we were done in a weekend and, but now yeah. we, we just don't have time. So we'll catch episodes no. here and there, but you're right. It's more and more and more. And, um, 
Now, what is it? Comcast. I don't know if, what you guys have over there. I think I'm sure it's different, but you know, Comcast is thinking about dropping Stars Network in lieu of something else, and the political backlash from that um, is amazing. I mean, like going through the ranks of government to get Comcast to not drop that channel, and you know, don't make it an add-on because no one will pay for it or whatever. I, it's just when. You know, we had separation of church and state, which I don't really think yeah. works. I mean, I don't, I don't see that respected. But now there's, uh, we need some separation of entertainment and state. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so I was chatting to Bob the other day, I think on the last podcast, and I'd picked up Spider-Man Far From Home mm-hmm. on a DVD and I watched it. And he said, oh, don't really bothered about that. So well, I thought you liked the Marvel movies. He went, yeah, I do. Said, but I'm just getting a bit more picky. <laughs> so, it's like, okay. so that was it. And then we moved into the whole there is just too much stuff to watch right you know, with that and they can, can't watch everything they can pop these movies out so fast because you, when you and i were growing up um you know star wars hit in 77 and then i think empire strikes back that was 82 wasn't it no i was 80, 80. okay yep. but still i mean you're talking years and now they could pop out a new star wars thing every year easily and what they're yep. doing in The Mandalorian, I hate that I keep bringing this up, Stuart. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I know that by the time March comes right. around, I will know everything about The Mandalorian. So, right. You know, I'm, I'm okay. trying to remain very gray and vague on this, but <laughs> it's amazing the the money that goes into it. And um, you remember, what was it, IG-88? He was one of the bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back. and. Yep. Um, so they have IG-11 in this, and to see him in action is amazing. But I mean, like, that is some budget that they are sinking into it. And of course, it's Disney. They have plenty of money. But um, it's just interesting what... The, and, you know, same thing with the special effects in um, Man in the High Castle. Top yeah. flight stuff, man, you know? So... I mean, even I've been watching some of the behind the scenes of The Walking Dead when right. I get to the end of a season and watch the special features. And some of the effects in that, yeah. you, you're like, oh, we just use a, 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 there's no knife whatsoever. So that we just CG a knife yeah. in there. And you're thinking, what? <laughs> just, use, just shoot something. And, you know, the stuff I'm shooting, I'm like, yeah, just use a real hammer. Right. It's fine. <laughs> just hit me in the chest. Right. With it. Uh, you know, that's all the stuff I was doing. Right. But it's the tv has changed so much <laughs> since we were kids it's insane oh yeah definitely you know i don't know why that reminds me when we shot bird in a glass house which was back in 2003 or four i think maybe it was three and um this one guy gets knifed in an alley it's a drug deal gone wrong and so we had this little tanto blade and we had one with the blade in it and the other was just the handle and so yep. the best shot was when because we had to shoot it multiple times and we only had one camera so you know it's just took longer but anyway the killer the best shot was where he didn't have the blade and we went ahead and edited it and then i had to add the blade in post but that was arduous because i had to go frame by frame versus now it's just like ah we just click click and then it'll follow the perspective and all this stuff and yeah it's amazing yeah, <laughs> was like when Robert was in and we started watching episode nine of Wu-Tang and he gets into the car and you remember in, um, oh my gosh, uh, lock, not lock stock, but snatch where, you yeah. know, the big guy was the driver, getaway driver. And he got into the little car, right? 
Well, Robert's yeah. just huge. It's kind of Green Mile huge. So anyway, he gets into this car, which is a huge, like old style car. And um, anyway, this guy is trying to talk to him, be cool. But I mean, Rob's character is just stone cold. So anyway, at one point, he grabs the guy's head and smashes it into the driver's side window. And the camera shot is from the outside and it cracks immediately. And I said, that was digital, wasn't it? And it looked legit. But he said yes, and then they replaced it with the broken one. And so it's interesting. The longer, you know, with you and I being in in the game, so to speak, we see these different things and we can break down how they did it. But it was just interesting. Yep. And I mean, that's certainly the better way to do it versus, okay, it's breakaway glass and it should not hurt you. <laughs> see, I'd be, I'd be like, look, just I'm going to smash your head against this window. It's not breakaway glass, but I'll do it hard enough that you will go through right. glass. It's fine. <laughs> and that's the sort of errors that I need to make sure I don't right. do moving forward. Because <laughs> it was, you know, with the first Mimi film, I was, there was one scene where she had to do something with a hammer. Right. And I was lying on the bed with a, a cabbage on my chest <laughs> to, to play the right. head. And I'm like, full, she had a real hammer. And I'm like, right, just bash it, its head in. <laughs> And that's how we did it. There was no trickery. There was no safety. <laughs> and she did it maybe four or five times while I'm there. Camera in one hand, right. holding this cabbage in another hand while she swings at it with this metal claw hammer. Right. So, you know, there's probably a few different ways that I should probably do things in the future. <laughs> they're not as thrilling, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. Every time I see her swinging that hammer, I think that could so easily have you know, taken off a thumb or, or knocked out a rib. Oh, yeah. But she not being as professional as she was with it. She's, she's a little bit too good with that hammer. It's quite disturbing. So. <laughs> Either that or something distract her in the distance and she turns just a little bit and catches your head, right? Yeah, or sneezes or something like that. <laughs> right. Uh, kind of strange. It is amazing how some people have that kind of, uh, it's it just that kind of motor memory, for lack of a better term, where they can do a scene and then you say back to one, and they just knock it out exactly like they did before, plus whatever changes you made as the director. And um, those people have always impressed me. I haven't done any acting in, in quite some time. And Vanelle asked me to be in this commercial she was shooting for the network. And I was like, on-screen talent? Well, okay. It's just been so long. And it was tough, man. I had those lines down. I ran them all the way. I mean, I ran them for a week. And then all the way over there, um, you know, which is about an hour drive. And I was, I was just spouting the lines. I, it was just so smooth. Right. And then you get there in front of the camera and all these people and lighting and makeup. And I was just, I, I did not perform my best. I was probably 80% versus 100%. Well, we were shooting yesterday and it's like Lamissa had the night before, cause she's been really busy for ages doing all these different mm -hmm. things. She, she'd learned a script the night before. Right. And these are like a couple of paragraphs at a time <laughs> per scene. Right. And uh, I think at one point she went, oh, so which line do you want me to come in on and do this? <laughs> I, went, I said, I have read that thing hundreds of times because I wrote it. Which bit is it again? I can't even remember the dialogue. <laughs> it's like she learned it all the night before. It's mind-blowing. Or a mum will be behind going, uh, look sadder. Right. And she will. Just like I'm looking through the viewfinder and this kid nearly starts crying. I'm like, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> craziest thing to watch but did you find that you missed acting is that something you got you know what i might get back into that or are you kind of cool uh, with what you're doing now i don't know that i want to be doing that kind of acting where i had that kind of lines and i'm speaking them into the camera as though i'm talking to a friend 
I think if yeah. it was more of a laid back character where, you know, a little improv, it would be fine, but just kind of relax. I, I, everything had to be verbatim and I tried mixing it up a little and then I was like, Nope, your line is blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh no, was like, um, I'm with you. Yeah. It's like, tell me what, Tell me what the bullet point right. is. It's just I'll get there. My own scenic route. <laughs> I mean, give me something like an army of two where I'm just having fun. Then, yeah, man, I'd love yeah. to do that. And, you know, maybe not be the lead, but be supporting cast or whatever. I mean, like, you know, if any of these TV shows that I'm writing now get off the ground, um, you know, there there are small day player roles that I would love to jump in there and just, you know. Uh, have a little fun in a scene. Not like, uh, what's his head? The guy who did Sons of Anarchy, and he was a pivotal character in prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just, you know, just a walk-on role, man. That would be fun. Kind of like Hitchcock used to do, except a little bit more. So yeah, That was kind of mine yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think I had maybe two lines of dialogue, if right. that. I think I actually had one, but I was visible in a few scenes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this next one, the third one, is it's me and Lamissa for the full duration a, a battle of dialogue. <laughs> so that'll be fun. So that will be a hell of a lot of improv. Yeah. Because I, I don't, you know, oh my God, the alien spaceships are coming. I could never make that, that line sound <laughs> you know, genuine. Right. No matter how many times I read through it, that just would not be for yeah. me. You know, I, I'm more like the, what the hell's that noise? <laughs> Whoa. You know, and maybe I could pull that right. one off. But yeah, I'm not. I'm more of an improv. I can play me very right. well, but I can't play anybody else really. So, <laughs> but there's something about you know because I do so much voiceover. I think that's softened my softened my acting ability in a way because I don't have to memorize anything. You can send me whatever script I'm going to read, and I'll jump into the booth and I'll knock it out. You tell me you want guy next door, you want radio, you want character, whatever. I mean, you know, you just describe what you want. I'm going to jump in there and I'll knock it out. And it's usually second read is super smooth. And that's what I go with. And I send it in as an audition, but, um, yeah, man. So, you know, not having the words right there in front of me, just, that was a good bit different again. And I used to be able to do it and I've been in movies before, but yeah, this was tough. I was like, wow, man, this is, I don't know that I want to do this again. Because <laughs> we move on, don't yeah, that's we? That's right. Like, yep. You know, I started off just thinking I'll do a podcast for six episodes. And then some of the crazy stuff I've done over the years, it's like, <laughs> how, how did I get here? I have no idea, but I'm enjoying right. it. <laughs> As you should, Same. man. As you should. You've accomplished yeah. a lot. And the fact that, you know, you, you not only get these different companies and studios saying, hey, will you please, please, please watch this movie? Then people are asking you different cons to be panel, uh, you know, the speaker for the panels and stuff. It's awesome, man. I haven't done that in a couple of years, and I do miss the panel hosting. Yeah. I think the closest I probably got were the, the interviews that I did with Pollyanna and, and Jen and Sylvia Soska. Right. So I, that I did enjoy because uh, – I, I didn't have a list of questions, again, which I never do on panels. It's like, <laughs> hi, let's see where this is headed. And it kind of still yeah, works. But yeah. Well, I guess you know, if you're doing thing. a panel, you can always say, hmm, dead pause. Hey, so do we have somebody ready to ask a question from the audience, right? Yeah. No, because they don't ask questions over here. What? It's terrible. Why not? They Are don't. They just con- well, are they laughing? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're so enthralled by me talking. But <laughs> Maybe, man. I, I've had that a few times. I remember there's, there's a Game of Thrones one. Of, I mean, I've done Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Doctor Who, a whole bunch of right. stuff. But specifically, the Game of Thrones one was like, right, has anybody got any questions? Yeah. Okay, no. Right. Well, I've got a few more. It's like you expect everybody to put their hands up and ask all these questions. You go, right, my job's done, right? right? Because I've just got to 
running around with a microphone, but nobody had any questions. <laughs> so that's that was interesting. <laughs> when you ask that over in the United States, there's a roar. I mean, like everybody wants to get yeah. behind that mic and they'll trample you and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah not so much over here. I think a lot of the UK people are very reserved. Going, right. I don't want people to think my question's stupid. It's like, well, here's a thought. Don't ask a stupid question. That's, that will solve that one. If only some of the people in the audience over in the US would think about that, you know? I don't want to ask a dumb question. Then why are you asking it at all? Just, just you know, censor yourself a little at least, you know. Because my favorite is when they're asking questions and it's like, wait a minute, three questions ago, this is exactly what I just answered. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. maybe you could step away from the microphone and go find that person I've just talked. <laughs> there, there was a Star Wars panel I did a couple of years ago, and it was, uh, it was like a prop designer. I mean, I remember who he was, Brian mm -hmm. Muir, and he was, he'd been in the industry for decades. He'd done things for The Eagle Has Landed mm -hmm. and all the Bond movies, and he'd done you know, a few bits for some of the other Star Wars films. And has anybody got any questions for this guy? And he'd retired after Rogue One. I think that was his final mm -hmm. film, and then he was retiring. So, uh, so anybody got any questions? One guy put his hand up. He went, do you reckon in the next Star Wars film, such and such will have a black lightsaber? And it's like, um... <laughs> so you do get that sort of caliber of question. Right. Yeah. Uh... I, you know, I think the problem is in the United States in particular, people get up to the mic and they want to seem cool and intelligent. Yeah. And that's where they fail. They should just, if you're a geek, you're a fan Stay in your lane, man, because they appreciate that, too. You don't have to, you know, like, oh, well, what was your motivation, Hannibal? You know, it's just, yeah, what? <laughs> it's, I, I always treat, uh, and as somebody who used to be, he played Game of, he was in Game of Thrones, he played a guy called Pip, he was in the Night's Watch for oh, yeah. a lot of the earlier yeah. years, so Joseph Alton, and he and I met at a comic, you know, Comic-Con, and we chatted, and I've spoke to him over Twitter and stuff over mm -hmm. years, and then, you know, he was chatting with me once, I think he was having a call, so he was cutting down a lot of his Facebook mm -hmm. friends, so I messaged him, and I said, look, understand if you want to follow me or whatever, it's fine. But I've really enjoyed our chats and stuff over the years. And he said, no, no, I'm going to keep you on my list. I said, okay. I said, I said not, to, not to jinx anything, but can I ask why? He said, well, it's really nice that you treat me as a human being, not just as somebody on the screen. He said, you, you know, you're not going, oh, my God, you're amazing. Right. And everything you do type thing, you treat me normally. Right. So that's what you need to do if you meet really stupid, crazily famous people. Yeah. Just – Hi, how's right. things? You having a good day? Yeah. Rather than in, in episode twelve, you pulled your eyebrow went up. What's your motivation <laughs> behind? And I've heard people do those sort of questions. Like it is because if you do. go with with you know kind of the spider sense thing, because it's funny. Uh, my mom sent me a picture of some early picture of Harrison Ford when he was working on somebody's house. He was a carpenter, but Harrison Ford yeah. always seems to be relatively happy you know and so instead of asking him any questions about any of the movies that he's done and i'm very grateful for the entertainment he's given us all i'd like to know what what what's his what's his deal how does he remain yeah. so calm and happy most of the time I, I realize he he gets grumpy at times i guess you know in some of the talk shows but nah man he just seems to always be just going with the flow very very uh very zen i was the same with the suska sisters because i had we had uh, they had a 
what do you call it before the before the film the post right. introduction so you're about to watch a film and we'll have a Q&A afterwards blah, 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 and, they off. <laughs> and then we watched the film and then they came back on and did like a 25 minute Q&A for the audience and people did ask questions there which was great <laughs> and then I was scheduled to have an interview with them at 10 o'clock mm-hmm. after the film so I went to the staff and said right where's this interview going to be so that I can make sure I'm close it's probably going to be here so I said right well I'll stand in the corner I'll just Oh, it may run over a little bit because there's a massive queue of people waiting for them. <laughs> Not a problem. Don't worry about it. I'm more than happy to wait because it's kind of cool. I'm going to be sitting down chatting with a pair yeah. of them. Two and a half hours later, they were still meeting people and they had so much enthusiasm for the first person, for the second person, mm. for the hundredth mm-hmm. person. It never, ever waned. Wow. And then about half 11, I think, at night, we sat down and we had a conversation. And I, I remember the opening, which I think is probably on the interview thing, saying, look, I had a list of questions to ask you, but you know what? Forget them. <laughs> How the hell do you keep your energy? And we just launched yeah, into it. But yeah, yeah. They were just super cool people, so enthusiastic for what they do. And not once will you hear me uttering a question going, well, in this part of the film, you, what was your motivation for this? You know, we do talk about the movie and stuff, right. but the human beings, they've just got really cool jobs right. like you do. You know, human being, cool job, right. done lots of cool things. Let's like, like chat about them. So that's, yeah. Seemed like I had one so other question for you, but now I, I have no idea, man. It, it just I've just probably flattened it with all my... Uh, <laughs> no, man, dude. Talking. Again, <laughs> see, next time I'll be a guest on your show, and then I can just kick back and relax and, you know. <laughs> I never have any questions. I sometimes have them in my right. head. And then if I remember them, then that's kind of yep. cool. But, but there was some you know, I'm some TV here. show that I had some question if you had seen it, but I, I it's gone, man. I'll tweet it at you later, I'm sure. If it was on Disney Plus, I haven't seen it. <laughs> probably. Who not. knows? Maybe no. that was it. My my, uh, you know, my little Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder said, "Not again, man. Not again. Don't bring up but, Disney Plus." But if it's not The Walking Dead, right. Then I probably haven't seen it recently because I I decided to watch it from the very first episode, really, and go right through. And last night I finished off season five, so I'm, and this is probably in a month. Yeah, I've done it, but it's so much <laughs> better binge watching yeah. it so much better because you know who everybody is now you're like oh right. yeah because when i watched it week to week i'm like i don't remember where they came from <laughs> so that was a lot of struggling yeah. but uh yeah, but that's that's kind of like when that. uh michelle went back and started watching um uh, game of thrones again and i was yeah. kind of paying attention but you know when we were watching it originally we binge watched the first few seasons because we had never seen it and someone said hey you should check out Game of Thrones, and sure enough, it was really good. And um, so it was almost like a drug dealer. It's like, yeah, I'll loan you the first set, and then, ah, you're ready for that second (laughs) set. Yes. So anyway, but eventually I was just like, you know what, it's cheaper, because Michelle wanted to buy all the discs, and I said, well, why don't we just get HBO, and then you have it all. But it's like, you know, when we were watching the final two seasons, and it was week to week, I had trouble keeping up because it's not yeah, even definitely. like normal names. And then these people would come in and go and then, you know, you learn somebody's name and then they die. So then that kind of discourages you from learning anybody else's name. But then you watch it like season eight, somebody will pop up and then everybody will go. Ooh, and you're like, I don't even know who that is. And they'll say, that's that's Dorothyus of such and such. You're like, I still don't know who that is. But they were in like season three and they had the thing with a horse. You're like, I, can't, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I know I've seen that episode. So I did struggle on yeah. it. Yeah. 
But it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's nice when we do have to wait so that we're not tempted to binge watch and lose sleep during the week. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yep. I definitely agree. Well, dude, I'm going to let you go. It's been awesome catching up with you. I appreciate you, you know, let me bump into your morning like I did this morning. Oh, it's great. I love it. <laughs> and, so, we, I mean, you were supposed to be on mine the other week. And I was like, where is he? Oh, and I, you know, miscommunication and, and that didn't right, happen. So right. this is kind of like that inevitable. We finally, we might have been a couple of weeks late, but we got right. there in the end. <laughs> Definitely, man. Now that Jake has filled your swear jar, it's time for this episode to end. Follow these chuckleheads on Facebook as Waxing Cinematic Podcast, as well as at Jake Almond, at John Fouts, and at Waxing Cinematic on Twitter. Yeah, they're on Instagram too as Authentic Jake Almond and John underscore Fouts. If you need a walking carpet moved out of your way, let us know.